Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Um, upcoming uh, this basketball season, uh, is the 50th anniversary of the uh, 1969-1970 basketball season. And we're going to chat. We're going to do a few interviews on Ligoti. Uh, and it's really weird uh, on how I've, I've done quite a few interviews and I've been kind of involved with Ligoti. You know, and my history, my history is, you know, I uh, went to and graduated from Broderpool High School. But while I was at Broderpool High School, I met basketball legends, gods, just a little bit of everybody. My basketball career kind of stunk, but uh, I had a passion for the game, so I was like a sponge and absorbed everything around me. So with that being said, um, to, with that being said, we are going, our first guest from that 1969-1970 team is going to be Brian Canada. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a busy schedule and uh, uh, helping us keep the nostalgia alive and talk about your uh, Lig- your playing days and Lagodi, Indiana, and your career. Well, thanks, Billy, for having me on today. It's quite an honor and a privilege to talk with you today. Appreciate it. Uh, what who, what was your first introduction to the game of basketball, Brian? Uh, I believe it was uh, when I was in elementary school at Crane, Indiana, uh, when I was probably in the fourth grade um, with uh, Coach Lee Cavanaugh. He was one of the teachers there or coaches there. And, of course, Jim Trout, he was two years ahead of me. And Jack Trout, three years ahead of me. And I was able to play a lot of elementary ball uh, in the fourth and fifth grade with those fellows. And it was, you know, fourth year in fourth grade, was, was the legend of Coach Butcher already established? And did you know what you were getting yourself into as you got a little bit older to go to high school? Well, I don't, I don't think his legend had really been established yet in terms of uh, the number of wins. Obviously, he had not accumulated quite yet. Uh, he was a legend in itself in that he was an excellent, excellent basketball player. And uh, clearly had many, many successful teams, 
since his coaching career. I think, I believe at that time, I think his only losing season might have been his very first year of coaching. But yeah, I mean, Lagoda, even even when I was in elementary school, uh, two of my sisters at different times that were older than I, uh, they were cheerleaders. So uh, when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, I followed Lagoda basketball because uh, Junior G was playing at that time and many other Lagoda, uh, you know, very good Lagoda basketball players were playing also at that time. Did you go see Lagoti play when you were in that, you know, first, second, third, fourth grade? And, and do you have memories of uh, maybe your first game of, uh, of going and watching a Lagoti basketball team at home? Well, I, I went to many of their games, uh, probably when I was in the fourth, fifth grade. Um, they had Junior G, Bill Drake. I remember Mike Bollinger playing a lot. Uh, um, so, yeah, we went to many a games. My sister, Kathy. Uh, was a cheerleader uh, around that time. Uh, this is probably 64, 65, maybe 63. Uh, of course, you know, my memory of, uh, I was eight or nine years old when I started going, yes. And, and you know, as an eight or nine-year-old, you know, I remember what I was doing when I was looking in the mirror and using my comb as a as a microphone or whatever, or fantasizing what was going to happen to me in my life. Did you Did you kind of, did you foresee playing basketball at Lagodi and, and being as successful as you were, or was it? Uh, did you have other things on your mind? Well, I definitely had aspirations of being a Lagodi Lion and playing basketball. Uh, when I was growing up in uh, elementary school and even prior to well, elementary school primarily, uh, Junior G was uh, really my idol and uh, followed them uh, – through, you know, his high school career, actually. So absolutely had aspirations of playing, did not anticipate or expect any level of success necessarily, but definitely wanted to be a Lagoti Lion. Absolutely. Was basketball your first love? Because in doing a little bit of research on you, you were a pretty outstanding baseball player also. Well, I, uh, I guess I kind of, thank you. Uh, I guess I, kind of decided to try to do both sports and it all depended upon what season of the year that it was. So, um, uh, yeah, I definitely loved baseball and, uh, probably when it was all said and done, I probably preferred to play the basketball game uh, a lot more. Um, but I did play both sports. Now, normally when I do interviews with uh, basketball players, coaches, officials, and all that from southern Indiana, you're probably going to disappoint me and tell me that you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Actually, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. And, of course, <laughs> last night they got put out in the game five, basically in the first inning. Cardinals scored 10 runs. Uh, I've followed the Cardinals years ago, but uh, here of late – here in the last 30 years, I've been an Atlanta Braves baseball fan. It's, it's always interesting. You know, I was born and raised in Indianapolis, and of course in Indiana, Indianapolis, uh, they had the Indianapolis Indians, who was a AAA affiliate for the Reds, so of course I grew up a Reds fan. I guess it's all regionally at times when you're a little kid. You know, you would expect uh, being from southern Indiana, then uh, either Chicago, in which a lot of the uh, Chicago Cubs fan, or Cincinnati Reds, or St. Louis um, 
Brad's baseball fan based on the geographical location where we were at. Um, so even when I was younger, I was probably more of a Cincinnati fan at that time, back in the late 60s and early 70s. Became an Atlanta fan probably in the 80s when we moved to uh, Augusta, Georgia. And in the early 80s, you probably had a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, n- not a lot of success with the Braves, but of course, then they reeled off a, 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 a great run there in their division for several years in a row. Well, in the, yeah, in the 90s, for about 10 years or so, they were uh, always winning the National League pennant, but uh, only was able to squeeze out one World Series during that time. But uh, yeah, they had a strong team. When did you grow the most, and when did you kind of start to understand that you you had skill as a basketball player before hitting high school? Well, I I hope to think I had some level of skill when I was in the fifth grade because I was playing on the seventh and eighth grade basketball team for Crane Elementary. Now, mind you, probably only had 12 players total, so it was relatively easy to make that team with – very few students, but um, I grew the most when I was in the seventh grade, and I actually came down with a what's called Osgood Slaughters. It's where you you grow too fast, your calcium in your bones at your knees don't um, solidify or heal or grow properly, and you have a real soft tissue in that area. So when I was in the seventh grade, for the whole year, I couldn't play basketball or baseball. Uh, so I was probably almost six foot tall when I was uh, in the seventh, seventh and eighth grade. Brian, tell us a little bit about your, your last name and also a little bit about uh, where you were born and raised. Because, you know, I, I, I want to start saying the, the uh, national anthem for Canada every time I see your name since I've been doing research. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people want to do that, sing old Canada. <laughs> um, but I was actually born in 54 in uh, Washington, Indiana, Davis County. And we grew up, me and my family uh, and siblings all grew up in Crane, Indiana, which is, uh, I don't know, about 15 miles north of Lagodi. Um, the Canada family actually were from the Kentucky area. And there's a little bit of a little bit of Irish in the family, but the, the kind of the one of the jokes I I'm sure it is a joke is that when the Canada family were traveling across the Appalachian Mountains, the joke is um, that at that time they kind of pronounced it Kennedy, and it looks like the smart ones may have went to Massachusetts and the ones that didn't high, have a high level of intelligence, ended up in Kentucky. <laughs> That's kind of a, one of the stories that people tell, but I, I don't believe there's any truth to that. But but the family originated out, out of uh, south of Lexington, Kentucky area is where my grandparents were from. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. My family originated in Bria. I don't know. There's several different ways. Brea, Bria, however you say it. So... Uh, but but my family evidently got out of Kentucky as fast as they could, and I was born in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's a good state, though. We lived in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, for 10 years, and uh, we really enjoyed that time there. 
You, you know, I've never, I, I ask this of a lot of people that come from a small town, you know, Crane and Lagodi. Would, would, is there any comparison or would you have kind of a view when people hear the name Crane or Lagodi of some of the towns that were in uh, the movie Hoosiers? Um, well, I mean, of course, I've watched that movie probably, I don't know, five or six times over the course of time. Uh, I don't. I forget which gymnasiums, but it looks to me it looked like the Jasper Gym may have been in that movie. Uh, it it somewhat looked like the Olytic uh, Gym could very well have possibly been in that in that show as well. And that's where my dad played high school basketball. Uh, but yeah, it was really a neat movie, obviously, and the uh, gymnasiums there were truly. Uh, you know, obviously back in the 50s and 60s time frame of small gymnasiums, large crowds, uh, pretty unique environment. But what a fantastic movie. And uh, and they obviously produced uh, a show from that, from a really, so it was pretty awesome. What, you know, you're back then with uh, no AAU. Uh, did you guys have a particular place that uh, you'd meet up and play basketball? Did you have a basketball hoop uh, on your barn or on your garage at the house? Or when did you guys get together and play over the summer or during the winter or any time that you guys did play? Yeah, well, when I was younger, actually, uh, being in Crane, we, we had the Crane Elementary School. <clears throat> that was, I don't know, maybe a half mile from the house. It was a half mile from everybody's house. And my dad actually would uh, get the key, um, and me and my dad and the Trouts and the Andersons and Nantes and uh, just so many families. We had a lot of families with boys at that time, and my dad would take us all over there quite often, and we would play, even as young, young kids, play a lot over there. And then outside of the school, they had paved uh, uh, basketball courts with uh, at least one goal. At one time, I think there may have been two goals. But um, so we were able to get out, and of course, without the internet and cell phones, we were out playing either basketball or baseball all the time. And when you were you when you were a youngster, did you follow the uh, Indiana High School basketball tournament? Did you listen to it on the radio? Did you guys uh, was it on TV down in the, the Lagodi area? And I'm not saying you're old. Well, yeah, I remember. I mean, the uh, of course when the, during the initial part of the tournament, I would always go to the sectionals and regional when when Lagodi would advance on, but truly would listen and watch the. Uh, State championship game as a youngster. Remember uh, Steve Downey, George, George McGinnis from Minneapolis, um, um, Washington, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, we always would watch the state tournament at that time. I don't recall semi states or other games being televised at that time back in, I don't know, the early 60s or. Uh, mid-60s, other than the state championship or state Final Four tournament. Uh, in, in your young, before you got to high school and you guys got together and played ball, was there 
was there did you read enough in the paper or listen enough on the radio did you did you emulate any particular player or have a favorite player that you followed before getting to high school and you thought you know you know so and so with the jump shot or you know things like that well again i i had to reflect back to uh uh, I don't believe I was ever the player that Junior G was, but uh, he was always my idol growing up as far as the high school basketball player. Um, always enjoyed watching Rick Mount from Purdue uh, play and how he was would shoot and how he would uh, yeah, shoot from the corner, I guess. But they... Um, and I oftentimes just an NBA, watching NBA and watching Rick Barry play a lot, uh, or Jerry West or Oscar Robinson, but truly were, was never never able to emulate that level of skill or talent, but um, those were some of my key uh, players that I would uh, zone in on oftentimes in watching games. Did you know what you were getting into once you started uh, uh, high school at Ligoti, and uh, what was it like your freshman year? Oh, I just thought it was going to school and playing basketball and having fun. So I'm not sure if I quite understand. Did I know what I was getting into? Um, but it was quite uh, quite an experience. Uh, mostly very very enjoyable. Um, you know, being a freshman and playing on the varsity as a freshman was uh, quite a privilege and honor. And uh, really, it was just you know playing the game of basketball and uh, trying to get through school. <laughs> you know, you were, you were a freshman. Of course, your sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken, is when you guys went to the Final Four. Uh, did, did you guys, did you know that you had something a little special when you were there as a freshman playing varsity? As a freshman? Yeah. Well, I, I thought we, even as a freshman that we, we, we had a, a, a real solid team. Um. We, you know, uh, I mostly started, and then we had uh, Paul Bruner and Tony Smith at guard, and Rex Sager was our center, and Cecil Trullo was the lone senior starter. And then uh, we had a really good record. We played St. John's that year in the sectional. They were undefeated, and I think they beat us by six points, and they had a really good team with primarily upperclassmen. So we, I don't know if we anticipated um, or even talked necessarily about going to the state, but we definitely felt like, particularly once we consolidated, which that didn't happen until over the summer, and obviously picked up Jim Trout and a few of the St. John's guys, that we would be a a team that needed to be reckoned with because we had a, we felt we had a, a lot of guys that knew how to play the game that would play hard. And obviously our coach and the coaches were outstanding. So we expected to have a good season, no doubt. And, and you guys, and you guys did. Can you tell us a little bit, what's it like to be in a coach butcher practice? Oh, it was it was very uh, very challenging. I mean, he would work you very hard. Uh, uh, you had to be very attentive. Uh, there was no time to uh, 
to slack off necessarily. He was very fair, uh, truly knew how to get the most out of his players. But, uh, you know, it was a no-nonsense uh, environment at the time for the most part to where I think usually practice started at 3 o'clock and usually ran to almost 6, uh, maybe 5.30. But, um, the, uh, you know, you, you, came to, uh, you came to play and you came to, to follow and listen and uh, give it your all, 100%, play as if you were playing in a game. Was Coach Butcher more than a coach? Could you go to him and talk to him about anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably did not do that as much as I should have or could have, and maybe the right word is should have. Uh, but I, I think the world of Coach Butcher, and I had all, all the level of respect and admiration of Coach Butcher at that time when I was younger, and uh, probably now that no, not probably, but as I've got, gotten older, I, I really have the utmost level of respect for Coach Butcher. So tell us a little bit about your favorite memories from your sophomore year and going to the Final Four. And I, I, if I remember correctly, it was Butler Fieldhouse at the time before it was named Tinkle Fieldhouse, correct? No, that's correct. It was Butler Fieldhouse. Well, I mean, clearly. The most exciting time um, would have been in, in the semi-state when we played Evansville Memorial in the afternoon, um, beat them, I, I forget, maybe by eight points, and I didn't do any homework to prep for this interview, but we we got by them, and I think Evansville Memorial might have been ranked number four or five, maybe sixth in the state. Um, we most of us felt pretty good of our chances of beating Seymour, who was ranked number two. Um, so just winning that game that night, uh, watching the enthusiasm of, of the crowd, the Lagodi fans, watching Jack Butcher, if I'm not, not mistaken, starting to look like he was running back to Lagodi by running towards the Robert Stadium Tunnel. Just the thrill of uh, sharing that victory with the, the, my teammates, going up into the stands and giving my mom a hug who had just gotten out of the hospital the weekend of the regional where she had had a surgery. Um, and just knowing that we were heading to the big house, if you will, to Butler Fieldhouse to play in the Final Four, which was the first trip for Ligoti, that was um, a moment that was very thrilling and exciting, to say the least. Do, you know, all through your tournament run, did you did you stop and take it in any a little bit, or were you just like a normal 16, 17-year-old kid, and it was just, just like a flash, or do you have... You know, uh, you, you talked about uh, giving your mom a hug in the crowd. Um, I mean, did you did you kind of step back and take it take it in, and you think about it on a daily basis at times that tournament run? I mean, do I think about it at this time? Uh, I mean, yes, this, yes, and did it, did it go by too fast for you? Well, of course, it went by too fast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I still occasionally reflect on the good opportunities or the good moments uh, 
the special games, the special victories. And I also reflect occasionally on what could have been or might have been uh, in some of those games that uh, throughout my high school basketball time, that was quite disappointing and could have done more, should have done more, should have been more successful. And the things that I could have done or should have done to uh, to have enabled that to um, to make it happen. So I try not to go back and live in the past too much. Uh, got grandkids now, and but uh, yeah, it was a very very special time. And uh, I think probably all of us reflect back from time to time on how glorious and eventful. Uh, those seasons of just playing in Lagodi and playing for Lagodi High School uh, and for Coach Jack Butcher and Tim Nante and the teammates that I had uh, were just fantastic. Uh, we all had different levels of uh, skills and talents, I think, that we brought to the team. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. And we were very fortunate to have the level of success that we did achieve. So it was a glorious time, a moment in time. Was a tournament practice different than a regular season practice with Coach Butcher? I don't, I don't recall that it being such. Um, uh, in terms of the various uh, fundamentals that we may have worked on or the various drills that we, that we did or the shooting, um, the shoot-arounds and the defensive drills that we've done, I personally don't recall during tournament time uh, being much different or even any different than a regular game. There may have been some other preparations for the opponent in terms of some of their strengths and or weaknesses and trying to uh, prepare us better and anticipating, uh, of, you know, of that. Um, I know a lot, a lot of times in the tournament games, different times, Coach Butcher and the, maybe it was the alumni the night before a game, they would provide us a good old steak to take home to eat, which was pretty special. As, as you know, do you, what was the send-off to the Final Four like, and what was the reception when you guys came back? Yeah, we had a big caravan. Um, from Lagodi, going to Indianapolis, um, uh, the alumni boosters club and fans and families put together wooden carved lions with the players' names on it, um, and caravan. You know, there's probably I'm just guessing maybe 3,000 people from that area, from Southern Indiana, from Lagodi, probably went up there with all their family and relatives and so forth. Uh, it was great, um, and even when we returned after the defeat from Carmel, uh, I do, do believe we had a kind of a rally meeting at some point back in the gym to kind of uh, celebrate the success of the season. So it was very, very special. Besides playing at Lagodi, did you have a favorite place that uh... – you would like to travel to and play against another high school? Was there another gym that 
you just felt more comfortable playing with or maybe possibly you wanted to go to to uh, beat them and put it to them? Was there a favorite place that you had to play besides your home gym? Well, I, I, I guess one of the things in that my senior year, uh, we lost several games to several teams that we probably should not have, uh, maybe by one point. And one of the things that I think about even today and definitely focused in on then back in 72 was having the opportunity to avenge those losses um, against Bedford, against Barreve, uh, against Washington. So that was one of the things that uh, – Felt good about in 72. Our, our record was not strong, was not very good. I think we came up short from the expectations of what we could have had or should have had or how well we should have done. But we were able to win the sectional and make it to the final game of the regional, And at, at which time then Jasper avenged a, a one-point win that we had put against them early in the year and beat us by one point at the Washington gym. But um, uh, I guess I always did like playing uh, in the Washington gym, the hatchet house, as they call it. Um, Always did enjoy playing on that bigger floor with the bigger crowd. That was always, uh, uh, always a lot of fun. The environment was just awesome. Uh, the crowds were always huge, so that was always enjoyable. Did you ever get a chance to play against Larry Burke? Uh, actually, I did not. Um, when I was a senior, Larry was a sophomore, and I think he was not playing that year. He had had a broken leg. Um, I was able to shoot around with him a lot once we recruited him out to Indiana State after he had gone to IU and then set out a year. Uh, and then, um, but I never did able to play against him or even play with him. As high school progressed, did you want to go basketball? Did you want to go baseball? What other schools could you have gone to besides signing with Indiana State? And tell us about that process compared to the, the what happens with it today. Well, no, I, I think it was always uh, once Indiana State literally offered me an opportunity to continue to play basketball and then obviously to get a college degree or education, um, you know, obviously that's where I did go. Now, probably back then when you talk about, you know, student athletes or high school basketball players in particular getting notifications from universities i mean i had received phone calls and letters from many universities you know tennessee florida um was going to be making a trip down to memphis state where coach butcher and actually bill butcher went there for a while coach butcher went there and graduated i was going to make a trip down there uh, one time, and I guess inclement weather prevented that from happening. So, um, I, I guess just staying close to home, and then the the idea of Indiana State actually putting the paper down quickly 
I was pretty excited and honored to be able to just sign with Indiana State and and get my uh, degree there at Indiana State. Were you nervous about leaving that area, uh, your home, and 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 going to Terre Haute to Indiana State, or did you have <laughs> did you have research on what it was going to be like in Terre Haute? I graduated from Indiana State in 1990, so I kind of you know have a little bit of an idea of once you start talking about Indiana State. But you know, were, were you nervous about it? Was it you know getting there as your freshman year? Oh, I don't know if I was nervous. I, I know not so much leaving home or leaving Crane. Just the idea of leaving high school in general. Um, you know, Indiana State, Terre Haute is only about two hours from Crane. Uh, there were other um, Lagodi students who also, my, my actually my high school sweetheart and who my wife today also attended Indiana State. So I really wasn't, uh, I don't recall being real nervous some apprehension of just going off and trying to, and, and you know, trying to do the things you have to do to uh, play college athlete or college athletics and uh, going to school and making the grade and doing that. So were you or could you have been a two-sport athlete at Indiana State? I'm not sure. I, I gave it – I'm not sure. I – had given it some thought. Um, I was thinking about it, but um, then my junior—I uh, didn't. I decided not to even try that. Uh, I was very possibly. I know Jim Trout did that for a year or so. Um, not sure if I could have done that, or if I would even have made the baseball team, as an example. Did you think the freshman year, because you guys had to play, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had to play freshman basketball. Did you find that a waste, or did you enjoy that freshman year? Well, um, actually, in 72-73, which I was a freshman, that was actually the first year that freshmen could play varsity. So uh, I did make the varsity squad my freshman year, and I did make the traveling squad. But we still had some, let's just say, freshman games against other schools as well, in which I played uh, those games. So I was had the, afforded the opportunity to travel with the varsity squad and, um, you know, play in a few games. Now, I may be mistaken, but was Coach Clue your head coach? Uh, coach Gordon Stauffer was Coach okay. Ken. Okay. And tell us about, uh, I mean, at what point, when did you get hurt at Indiana State University? It was actually the, uh, I think, the 12th game of my freshman year. Um, I had played in, I think, nine in the first 12 games, and it was a game in Terre Haute. Uh, I think it was against Santa Clara, California. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um and I think it was, might have been in the second half when I got into the game. You know, not really warming up, uh, just getting up. No one clipped me. No one hit me. We had stowed the ball, and I was going down without the ball on a fast break, and the ball was being passed to me about the free throw line. And I just jumped up with my head turned back down court. And as I jumped up, my right knee 
really popped in midair. So I must have had my foot leg twisted when I was jumping up in the air. So then I had surgery, I don't know, the following week or so and was out the rest of the year, then redshirted the following year, my uh, sophomore year, my second year there. And tell us about the an injury. I mean, it, it, did it prevent you from having a successful career at ISU? Well, I did not have a successful athletic career at Indiana State. I guess I could blame it on my knee. <laughs> um, my, uh, then my junior year, well, got married. I was still trying to play basketball. Um, so I, uh, towards the mid of my junior year, I decided I was just going to go ahead and give that up. Uh, my wife and I had our first baby. Uh, we were juniors in college. I was fortunate enough to be able to retain my scholarship for one more year, which that might not happen today. Uh, graduated 76, 77 with a degree. So ultimately my main goal of going to college to get a degree, uh, I, I was successful in that, but I was not successful in my collegiate uh, athletic career by no means. Well, tell us a little bit more about the, the passion that you had for basketball and go back to a little bit of, you know, uh, so am I hearing this correctly that you kind of helped recruit Larry to come and play at Indiana State? Well, I hope to think so. <laughs> uh, when Bill Butcher was a junior, uh, Larry Bird was a senior. Uh, I went down to, I was at Indiana State, still on the squad, um, and uh, Gordon Stalford, I believe, was with us, uh, maybe Fred Fleetwood, who was one of the recruiters. We had gone down to Two Springs Valley, Two French Lick, to watch Ligoti um, play Springs Valley when Larry was a senior. And uh, I don't know, shortly thereafter, he came on a recruiting trip. We played some hoops in the, in the gym. And I kept telling the guys, I said, this guy doesn't play like a high school guy. He can shoot eyes out. And uh, fortunately, he did come to Indiana State. And then the rest of Larry Bird's story is history and quite a phenomenal story. So, so basketball is done. You've moved on. What, what, um, post Indiana State University and your family and your children, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, uh, your business career and what you did and your life after basketball? Sure. Sure. Um, well, I got a degree in safety management. Um, my first job, uh, was in Mount Vernon, Indiana with General Electric. So we moved to Mount Vernon, we were there about eight years. We had twin boys. Uh, three months after that, we lost uh, one of the twin boys of crib death slash viral pneumonia. Um, stayed in Southern Indiana for eight years with GE. Then some of the GE uh, management personnel left and went to Augusta, Georgia to the GD Searle Pharmaceutical Company which is the, uh, the NutraSweet company at that time that, that uh, researched and invented, if you will, the aspartame or the NutraSweet artificial sweetener. So 
So we moved to Augusta, Georgia. This was in 84. And let me back up for a second. I did uh, referee basketball for about eight years in Southern Indiana, uh, junior high, girls varsity, boys varsity. I uh, don't believe I ever did any uh, tournament varsity boys games. Don't recall doing that. But for about eight years, I did uh, referee a lot of basketball. Um, so anyway, then we moved to Augusta, Georgia, stayed in Augusta, Georgia for 10 years in the field of safety and health. Um, then I went back with General Electric in Illinois, Ottawa, Illinois for four years, and then to Louisville, Kentucky for 10 years. Uh, at that time, we really got laid off with a GE after 24 years of service and ended up in Monroe, Louisiana with Graphic Packaging International. It's a paper manufacturing business. So we stayed in uh, Monroe, Louisiana for four years and then fortunately got promoted to a corporate office in Atlanta from 2013 to till I retired this past January as the corporate safety director for the mill division. So I did a lot of traveling to seven or eight locations um, as I had mentioned earlier, I think before we were online, um, retired February 1st, and my son, uh, and at that time, prior to yesterday, had two granddaughters and a grandson, and actually, I have a new granddaughter that was born yesterday. Awesome. Uh, in, in Jacksonville, Florida, and we have the oldest granddaughter with us right now. Uh, doing homeschooling, but um, so yeah, we've been here just since February uh, in San Augustine, Florida. So that's kind of a quick snapshot of about forty-two years of all spent <laughs> in the safety and health arena. Did you ever get to officiate a game with Coach Butcher as a coach? No, I did not. <laughs> no, no, that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I. I don't know if I would have uh, taken accepted that, or he probably would have scratched my name from the <laughs> from the list anyway. I don't know, but uh, I did get a coach, uh, or excuse me, I did get a referee in Roberts Stadium when Evansville Memorial was playing Terre Haute North, and I think it was um, actually I forget the coach's name for Memorial at that time, but he was coaching Memorial in 70, and I believe Howard Sharp from Terre Haute North was still the coach there at that time, but I was able to, I was had the opportunity of referee in that game in Roberts Stadium against Terre Haute North and Evans Memorial. That was interesting. Do you, do you get back home to Indiana much? Uh, we don't now. Now, when we lived in Cumming, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta for the last five years, uh, generally, maybe once a year, we are going back, uh, probably, as you know, uh, the December 6th, I think, the home game there to honor and recognize the 70 team. We are flying home for that. And then every two years, I typically uh, commit to going back to the alumni golf outing, which this coming July 
we'll be heading back up there. So usually maybe once or twice a year. Generally about once a year. Uh, Brian, I know we're getting ready to run just a little bit long, but one last question. Has the game of basketball in Indiana because of class basketball changed, uh, or do you feel like it's the same? Well, I don't live there, and I haven't been to many games for a number of years up there in Indiana, but um, the game seems to have gotten a lot faster. Um, I think the class game allows more of the student-athletes to enjoy success and to enjoy the opportunity of uh, advancing in the tournament which is, I, I think is uniquely special. So I, I personally don't have any issues with the class division of the sports now based on the size of the school. Um, well, Brian Canada, uh, uh, Lagodi Lion, uh, I thank you so much. Uh, uh, fellow Indiana State University Sycamore. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, but I feel like you guys have kind of welcomed me into your circle, which... Uh, uh, it, it, it's kind of small at times just because of the tradition you guys have, but I appreciate your uh, time and keeping the nostalgia alive, and I think everyone will enjoy. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you, and uh, thanks again, Billy.